I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Happy Monday, everybody. How was everyone's first week of the new year? I feel like it was a good week for me, personally, in terms of I got back after being at home for two weeks. I already feel like I'm having a bit of a social burnout, I'm not going to lie. I got back and it was just such a like jam-packed two weeks. I feel like the Christmas time, New Year, it always is, especially if you don't necessarily live at home and you travel somewhere back home for Christmas or something like that. When I'm up in Manchester, it's literally just me, a few friends, me and Steve. So I don't necessarily, you know, talk so much. And I bet you're like, Rachel, what the fuck? You're probably like the most talkative person I know. I talk to you guys. I talk on social media. But in terms of like actually day to day, I talk to like a select few people like actually in person. And I don't go out like a huge amount either. So going back for Christmas where, you know, any excuse to go out, I had so much catching up to do. I was hanging out with loads of family all of the time. Um, Lots of family events because I've got family all over the place. It was a lot of social gatherings, social settings, and yeah, just getting back last week, I genuinely felt like I needed a whole week to just recover from the last two weeks and the craziness that it was. But I feel like it was a proper reset week. Um, Really just like, got. I I was like so excited to come back because the whole time I'd been at home as well as just enjoying my time and like enjoying the break, I was really thinking about what I wanted to do when I got back in terms of like clearing stuff out and just getting myself in the best possible place and setting, ready for a fresh year, ready for just, yeah, just being in like the best mindset as well. And I'm very much a person like my surroundings need to be clean and clear for my mind to be clean and clear. So as sad as it sounds, I was actually just so excited to come home and like clean, organize and declutter. And I feel like I did get a lot of that done. So it was a good first week. So I feel like this is officially the first week of the new year. And it's kind of why I like doing my podcasts on a Monday. I don't know. I feel like it's the beginning of the week. We can set the tone for the week. We can have like a topic for the week in terms of, you know, listening to something fun and interesting on a Monday. And then when you see 
I don't know, friends, like, at the weekend and stuff. It's, like, something fun to talk about, you know? That's why I kind of hope for anyway, and that's kind of what I do with, like, other podcasts. I love telling my friends about other podcasts that I've listened to, but today we're taking it, and I want to do more kind of episodes like this, and it might lead to guests that are actually more experts on this kind of stuff but I want to take my podcast back in the direction of like sexual education psychology all of that really interesting shit that I just love to talk about love to learn about and love to share with you guys and I was just doing a little bit of research and listening to some other podcasts and I stumbled across this topic and it might also give you some inspiration of something to watch on Netflix because I know now after reading this and learning about this, I'm definitely gonna go away and watch this on Netflix. There's a show called Sex, Love and Goop. It's with like Gwyneth Paltrow on it. And they talk about all of this kind of stuff. Um, And I am actually in the market of something new to watch on Netflix. I still haven't watched all of the classic stuff that everyone's been raving about, like Wednesday, White is White Lotus on Netflix? I'm not 100% sure. But like, I do need to binge watch those. I'm currently in the middle of binge watching Real Housewives of Miami. And I just need to tell myself, like I need to watch something educational. And I just love going away and telling my friends like about this kind of stuff, like learning about this kind of stuff. I'm sure we've all heard of body language. I'm sure we've all heard of, you know, the five love languages. And if you haven't, I recommend that you do. It's so important to sort of know what your own love language is as well as if you're with a partner, understanding theirs in order to just have like the most compatible relationship because people give and receive love in different ways and being able to understand that it's going to be the best possible way for you to, you know, make sure that your partner knows how to show you love and the way that you like to like to receive it and understanding their way as well. So then you can do it for them and so you can show them that you love them in the way that they understand or that that works for them, if that makes sense. That was really hard to describe, but I swear it. I'm making it sound way more complicated and I'm sure you guys all know of the love languages. I feel like mine, my love language in terms of like, giving or like showing love is um what's the term like acts of service I like love to cook for people love to do things for people I also feel like gift giving as well I love to like see things and think of people and you know get it for them just spontaneously I feel like they're probably my main two and then in terms of receiving love I love to receive like physical touch I'm not actually a massive fan of words of affirmation so like if someone was to just constantly tell me that they thought I was like amazing and wonderful and just everything like that actually really wouldn't work for me I'd almost be a bit like cringed out and being like oh so you know like and sometimes that is what makes people less compatible you know in the sense of if someone does that all the time and they're not understanding that's not the way that you like to receive love but that's their love language understanding love languages is a great way to communicate and then just either make it work or go your separate ways if someone's not willing to compromise. But one thing I didn't know existed and I thought would be a fun podcast to talk about and now I know it totally makes sense and it's actually kind of obvious are sex languages and apparently there's five of them too. So that's what we're going to be talking about today and I feel like especially from just watching the real housewives of Miami I know this sounds so stupid but you see it in a lot of programs as well um either like older people or just like people that have been together for like a longer time 
always are wanting to like spice up their sex life or maybe they're not having sex anymore and you know they want to just do what they can with their partner to get things going again so understanding someone's sex language is a great place to start so you can feel more confident pleasing your partner and you can put an end to sexual incompatibility i feel like some people even use that as a reason to break up and I suppose it obviously is circumstantial and if you need to break up because of it, then it's fine. But like I said, understanding, you know, everyone's sexual language, you might be the same, but people are different and there are different types. So that's what we're gonna be talking about today. Any questions, it's normal, it's fun to talk about this stuff. Nothing is gonna be off limits. So like I said, I feel like this has kind of been made a thing, even though I'm sure it is a thing like in psychology and stuff, but kind of like brought to light more on Gwyneth Paltrow's show on Netflix apparently called Sex, Love and Goop, which I'm gonna go away and watch after this. I'm currently just like reading an article like about it. And obviously we're familiar with the terms body language and love languages, like I just said, and how they can affect our relationships. So sex languages obviously are a massive thing that can affect relationships. And in the show, uh, the, there's like, apparently the show is like to do with couples, and they are introduced to the concept that we all have an erotic blueprint and subsequently a type of sex language that we all communicate best through. And when you sort of say that out loud, you just think, oh yeah, like obviously, I'm sure we can all think of a time that we've had sex with someone and maybe it's not been the best and we just thought like their way of doing it was not the way that we like to do it and then maybe their way of leading up to it wasn't the way that we like to lead up to it. And it's all kind of part of, yeah, our sexual blueprint and the way that we like to give, receive, start, the way that we enjoy it, the types of things that we like. So now you're probably thinking, what is my sex language? And I feel like once we identify, like I'm gonna go through this with you guys too. Like I feel like I'm gonna try and identify what mine is. Cause I feel like once you know what it is, you'll be able to confidently please any lover, any partner. And a quote from the show, uh, from the sex therapist says, uh, once you've identified your sex language, you'll be able to understand your sexual superpowers so you can experience orgasmic satisfaction and put an end to sexual incompatibility, which I feel like if that's a problem that you're suffering with, with a partner, this is gonna be really helpful and educational. So apparently there's five, just like love languages. So let's start with the first one and it's called the sensual type. And supposedly this is the type of person who feeds off all five senses. Okay, so I feel like this is probably gonna be for the person maybe that you know, or maybe it's you that just loves everything about sex. Uh, so sight, smell, taste, touch, and sound all play a part in their arousal and sensual types might like to set the scene, like with romantic candles and music, also bring food and blindfolds into the bedroom to step things up a notch. They may want everything to be perfect, as such can get too focused on the details or caught up in their head to properly enjoy the moment. <gasps> Wait, oh my God, I think that last part, like I feel like maybe I'm the sensual type. Cause sometimes I just want everything to be and look a certain way. And I can really get in my head about things and caught up in the moment. And that can lead to other issues, you know? So if you know someone that maybe is 
suffering maybe some problems in the bedroom area like especially for men I feel like it's so easy to like get up uh, in your head about it I did speak about this before on a podcast talking about you know the danger of like sexual narratives and I feel like there's a lot more negative and a lot more sort of pressure ones on men I've actually now you said that out loud I feel like there's probably equal amounts on both but in terms for men you know the narrative that they've got to be rock hard every single time, get it to work, they've got to make the first move, etc. It can be, you know, a lot of pressure. And if they let that get to them, then it can lead to, you know, not being able to perform the way they want to. But they also might... I Oh my God. Do you know what? I find a lot of guys that appear the most sexual, maybe they do sleep with a lot of people or whatever, maybe talk a lot of game but then when it actually comes to it or like they supposedly just yeah love everything about sex they're a very sexually forward person and then when it comes to it you know can't get hard or don't last too long maybe that means that they're they're the sensual type they're so affected by all of the senses like they love sex but all of the their external senses like get the better of them and they can't like properly enjoy the moment <gasps> That makes so much sense. I guarantee you're all, like, if you're listening, you can think of one person right now who is the central type. Okay, next up we have the energetic type. It's all about the lead up to a sexual encounter for energetic types, as the thrill of anticipation is what really presses their buttons. This is great for creating excitement and a sense of occasion, but these sensitive souls can also become overwhelmed in the moment of sex and dissociate. Oh shit, maybe that's what I'm talking about. Or maybe that's me. Oh my God, do you know what? I'm gonna go through these and read all of these and be like, I'm all of these. But no, I think that's, maybe that's what I was trying to describe, being overwhelmed in the moment and just like disassociating from it. Actually, do you know what? Now I've said that I can think of one person in particular <laughs> that definitely becomes overwhelmed in the moment and then disassociates and just, yeah, the lead up is better than the actual event itself for them, I feel like. I, I feel like maybe if you're listening, you can think of someone who does that too. But I definitely think we've all got a bit of the energetic type in us because we all love the build-up to sex. Or maybe, actually, maybe you don't. But I think, you know, the the talk, as long as it's, like, not too much, but, like, the talk, the foreplay, the, you know, indications that that's the direction that you want to go in, like, that is just all very exciting. And I think being excited about sex and, like, in that moment with someone, like, even, like, being excited about someone and about to, like, be intimate with that person... I love that. I love that feeling, that sort of like rush almost. Am I just describing being horny? <laughs> being horny, maybe, I don't know. But I think that's, I think a, a lot of people will have the energetic type in them for sure. Okay, the next one is literally just the sexual type. So it says here, the sexual type can be very visually focused and is often turned on by what society deems as the norm in terms of sexual attraction and sex acts. Penetration, physical contact, nudity, genitalia, etc, etc. This can make them very goal-orientated on orgasms as the sole purpose of sex, so they may miss other parts of intercourse or misread their partner's needs in favour of achieving this. Oh, shit. I definitely know 
And it's, I think that most boys are definitely the sexual type. I don't mean to stereotype or generalize, or maybe it's just the boys that I've experienced, but I just feel like a lot are very, well, actually maybe like the wrong kind of guys. <laughs> speaking from experience, guys, okay, I'm not judging. I'm literally speaking from experience, uh, are very visually focused. And I feel like this also can affect performance and allows guys to like get in their head like if and again i think i spoke about this with the sex therapist on some older episodes when you're so focused on just like the end goal of an orgasm like just thinking that's what i need to do that's the whole purpose of sex like if we both didn't come then like you know it was it was a failure almost that can just affect one's performance so much and it's maybe why you know I don't know if any of you guys have experienced it, but like say if a guy gets like soft, like midway through, because maybe in their head they're thinking, oh my God, this is going on for a long time. She's not climaxed yet. Like, you know, people think about this kind of stuff during sex when all they're focused on is just orgasms. Like that is what the purpose of sex is. Whereas sex is meant to be fun. Sex is not just about penetration. Sex is like we said before about like the build-up and stuff like all of that stuff is just so exciting and necessary and makes it amazing so I'm sure we all know or I hope we haven't all but I'm sure most of us have it just experienced a time where it literally was just like a fuck and it was like okay I'll just go then shall I because they were only focused on themselves like very selfish lovers I'm gonna go ahead and call it because they're just focused on one thing and maybe it's their own orgasm rather than yours. I wouldn't mind if a guy just did that, but their focus was on, you know, giving me an orgasm and maybe if they were putting pressure on themselves to do that, you don't obviously want someone to put pressure on themselves to do that, but you know, it'd be cute to be like, oh, they really care and they really want me to have a good time. But no, I've definitely experienced the sexual type where all they care about is their own orgasm not necessarily like enjoying the moment and enjoying the sex like with you <laughs> you guys are probably listening to this thinking Rachel who the fuck have you had sex with that just they're not good people and you're right they're not but no I feel like the sexual type maybe necessarily isn't the type that we want to be but we definitely know people who are getting a little more interesting the next one is the kinky type so this says that the kinky type is by and large turned on by what society deems as taboo so possibly maybe opposite to the sexual type because the sexual type was often turned on by what society deems as the norm so you know just classic sex acts like penetration physical contact basic nudity <laughs> Um, so this one's more taboo. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. 
If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. So either physically, um, and it says here, think traditional BDSM with whips or gags or psychologically in terms of power dynamics or relationships. They get off on scenarios that, it says in quotation marks, shouldn't happen but that often creates shame around their pleasure, which in turn can impinge on their enjoyment of a sexual encounter if too great. So I think this definitely relates to, yeah, kinks. Guys, if you haven't listened to my uh, podcast episode with Natalia, it was a while back, she was a fetish expert and we kind of talk about all of this stuff and like, how kinks are a thing, the psychology behind it and like fetishes, you know, the good, the bad, that kind of stuff. So I think if you are the kinky type, you would really enjoy that episode because it might help you understand yourself a little bit more. I feel like I definitely don't have just like vanilla sex, but I definitely don't think I qualify to be in the kinky type. Because to me, I thought the word kinky is quite tame. Kinky could just mean, you know, a little bit of public touching a little bit of oh wait or oh, is that what it means turned on by what society deems as taboo i don't think society de- deems like public touching as taboo i think it's like literally <laughs> illegal anyways but kinky to me means like you know maybe dressing up in like a cute outfit experimenting with things toys i don't know Whereas this is kind of saying it's more the extreme side of things and like, you know, with power dynamics and scenarios that shouldn't happen. Is this the type of person that likes to watch the whole stepdad, stepsister porn and that kind of shit? I feel like that's that sort of category of person. Um, Can't say I've actually ever experienced anyone that is the kinky type to that sort of level of extreme. I wonder what I would do in that situation. If you guys have, let me know. I would be interested to know because obviously if you're not that type, but you encounter someone that is that type, who has to make the compromise there? I think that's quite interesting to think about. And finally, we have the shapeshifter type. So the shapeshifter is someone who can fit into all of these types at any given time, making them compatible with everyone as they can be turned on by almost anything. However, this moldable nature can leave them feeling alone, adrift, and they often crave intimacy as a result. I was going to say, I wonder if there was a type that basically fits all of them, because as I was reading them, How many of you were thinking, oh my God, that's me to every single one? Because at the beginning, I was actually doing that. But I don't think I'm quite the shapeshifter type because, well, actually, I don't know. Like I said, I've not been in a position where the kinky type has presented itself to me like in extreme scenarios of them wanting me to do things that we shouldn't, whatever that means. Uh, So I don't know. I don't know. But at the bottom of this article, guys, says curious as to see what your sex language is you can take the test here (gasps) 
should I take the freaking test on this podcast? Okay, I just clicked on the link and it was going to charge me $17 to do that quiz. So fuck that. But I just Googled what is your intimacy language and I found another quiz. So I feel like that'll be fun. Let me like read through these questions and you can kind of like answer them in your head as we go along with this. And I'm actually going to do mine and then I'll tell you what my end result is but I will leave the link to this quiz down below if you actually want to do it and see what yours is but you can play along for now but you just won't get an answer <laughs> okay question one apparently your partner's had their orgasm and wants to go to bed but you want to keep going what do you do a go along with it but tell them you wanted more at a later time B, say nothing and give in. It's been a long day. C, openly state your needs and request the sexy time to continue. Or D, take things into your own hands and get your favorite sex toy out. What would I do? Do you know what? If I'm being completely honest, I'd probably be like, say nothing, give in. It's been a long day, like whatever. But I suppose that's because I haven't really been like in a long-term relationship so I'm gonna put myself in the situation where I'm just gonna say this is with me and my a long-term boyfriend so I would probably mm, I think a go along with it but tell him that I want more at a later time okay question two your idea of initiate initiating sex usually involves a telling your lover how much you want them and initiating a passionate makeout session B, holding yourself back unless your lover initiates. C, asking what your lover feels like doing and gauging their mood. Or D, making a seduction. Oh, wait, making seduction a game of naughty, sexy talk. I think for me, I love kissing. And for me, I could just do that with someone like for hours. I'm not going to lie. Um, so it's either going to be A telling your lover how much you want them and initiating a passionate makeout session or I think C, asking what your lover feels like doing, engaging their mood because there's no point trying to kiss someone that's not in the mood to kiss. But for funsies, I'm gonna go with A, okay? So the next question. When you sext, you like to A, outline a plan. For example, I want you to open the door for me naked then follow me into the bedroom on all fours. Oh my God. I'm taking notes on that one. Uh, B, flirt and tease. For example, it's too bad you're not here right now. Followed by some funny emojis. <laughs> I love this quiz. C, bring up good memories for the both of you. Remember last time we did this? <gasps> I think that's me. Because I don't just text anyone. Like It's probably got to be someone that I've done bits with before. But then D is change the topic. You prefer, you prefer to rely on in-person chemistry i'm gonna go with c bring up good memories i love reminiscing with people like it kind of turns me on okay question four your lover gives you some negative feedback about the last time you had sex how are you likely to respond <laughs> a thank them for telling you but say you need time to digest b feel sheepish embarrassed and unsure how to respond C, try to listen but quickly get into fight or flight mode. Or D, handle it sensitively and try and understand how to please them better. 
Sorry, who the fuck is saying A, thanks for telling me? Actually, oh my god, would I say thanks for telling me? It depends what they said. Negative feedback. I'd probably... Oh my god, realistically, I want to say I'd handle it sensitively and try and understand how to please them better, but it would probably be C. Try to listen, but quickly get into a fight or fright mode. No, I actually, I feel like I'd handle it sensitively. I can't say that's really ever happened before. I think that's what I would want to say I would do. Okay, question five. During sex, you are most likely to say... <gasps> oh my god, I fucking love this quiz, guys. You have to take this quiz yourself, okay? I know I'm going through all the questions and I'm kind of ruining it for you, but, like, just so you can get your own answer at the end, it's worth just doing it. Okay, so, during sex, you're most likely to say... A, lie back and let me take care of you. Ooh. B, <laughs> ooh, ah. Uh. <laughs> or nothing at all. So basically just like, ah, uh, but that's it. Or C, I need you to do this right now. Or D, let's try something new. It'll be fun. Oh my God. What am I likely to say during sex? Um... Not gonna lie, it's probably A or B. I have been known to just say, like, just lie back and let me take care of you. So I'm gonna go ahead and say that one. Okay, question six. Choose the best statement that describes how you communicate when you're in a relationship. A, I like connecting emotionally and usually empathize with how my partner feels. B, I'm in I am enthusiastic about expressing my affection and shy away from confrontation. Or C, I am direct and straightforward, usually using logic or examples. Or D, I go along with what my partner says, preferring and wait, preferring to listen and reflect deeply. Hmm. Um. I think best statement that describes how you communicate when you're in a relationship. Well, I've never been in a relationship quiz. Well, I have, but like. Um, I like connecting emotionally and usually empathize. I'm enthusiastic. I feel like I am enthusiastic about expressing my affection, but it then says, and shy away from confrontation. I don't really shy away from confrontation. I'm going to go with C. I'm direct and straightforward, usually using logic or examples. Sure. Okay, we've only got two more questions, so I'm going to get my answer in a minute. I'm actually really excited. So question seven. If there's an issue with your sex life, what usually happens? A, you bring it up immediately so you can deal with it there and then. B, you hesitate as you don't want to hurt your partner's feelings. C, you take time to analyze the issues and organize your thoughts. D, you bring it up indirectly or jokingly hoping your partner might take a hint. Or E, you sweep it under the carpet and hope it goes away. I... Again, personally, I've never been in a situation where I'm having, like, long-term sex with a partner. But I feel like I initially would do D, which is bring it up indirectly. Um, and then maybe bring it up directly. So I'm going to go ahead and, for funsies, just do D. Okay, last question. The last time you talked about sex, you... <gasps> had a deeply vulnerable conversation with someone you trusted, avoided the conversation as much it, as it caused too much tension, C, playfully bantered and teased your lover, or D, answered all your lover's questions persuasively and effectively. Um, again, not really in this sort of situation. 
But I'm going to go ahead and say playfully bantered and teased my lover because that sounds like something I would do. Oh my God, I've got to put my full name and email address in. Oh no, I don't. Skip this step. Let's see. Congratulations. <laughs> Guys, you know, I just told you what I thought the five love languages were. This just goes, congratulations, you're a dove. <laughs> What the fuck do you mean I'm a dove? It says your intimacy language is patient, peace-loving, and compassionate. Aww. It says people love engaging with doves because your intimacy language is patient, peace-loving, and compassionate. You value harmony in the relationship over goals. You don't like conflict and tending to shy away from having the more difficult conversations. Hmm. Don't know about that one. I'm quite good at having difficult conversations, but I think in a way that is very compassionate and understanding so i agree and disagree sort of but i can see why it's getting that from me it says you don't like conflict and you are open-minded and have a great empathy for your lover's point of view <gasps> i feel like that is so true okay quiz i agree with you um, and it's given me some coaching guidance as well. So again, this is a great quiz to take if you are sort of in a relationship and maybe struggling, understanding your partner's love language, not love language, sex language. Well, maybe that too, sex language, or maybe just understanding your own because it's giving some coaching guidance. And it says, because of your giving nature, you find it easier to focus on others rather than yourself. <gasps> But remember, you deserve to have your needs met in the bedroom too. It's time to speak up and give your lover the wonderful opportunity to please you more. <gasps> I do need to do that. And then it says number two, make sex an ongoing conversation in your relationship with regular check-ins. That way it won't seem so confronting to bring the topic up when things go wrong. What do you enjoy most about our sex? And is there anything you'd like to explore? Are uh, good questions to bring up every few months? Okay, that's good questions to, like, and I feel like that is a good, yeah, example of a question that's not necessarily really awkward. I mean, asking someone what you enjoy most about our sex life, I feel like that's, that's a good question. I feel like more couples need to ask each other that. Or like, like they said, is there anything you'd like to explore? That's a good, you know, is it verb? Yeah, verb to use, basically trying to say, how the fuck should we spice things up? What do you want to do? And their third and final advice for me, the little sex dove, is want to get better with asking for and getting what you want in bed. I hear ya and I'd love to help. Oh, and they've got a link uh, basically for anyone that wants to improve their intimate communication skills. They have a masterclass. And it's called Let's Talk About Sex, Conversation Strategies for Juicier Sex and Deeper Intimacy. Oh my God, guys, this website and this link is so good. If you're struggling in that department, I feel like that would be really beneficial. Like even the title of that masterclass. I'm not even in a relationship with issues or having sex issues in terms of like with a partner, but I I would, do, I would sign up to that masterclass. So I will leave the link to this quiz down below. And I will also leave the link to where I was reading all about the sex languages. If you guys are more like... Uh, not necessarily, you didn't digest what I said at the beginning uh, and you want to read it for yourself, I will leave the link down below and it's also got a little bit more of a description on that new Netflix show. But I feel that was really interesting and 
I feel like I knew sex languages were ne- like a thing, but I didn't necessarily know that there were f- there were five and you know how to break them down and how to put them into categories. And I feel like it's always good to learn and understand these these elements better to really just have the best sex life and best relationship. And going into 2023, one thing I said to myself was, this is going to be the year of good sex. I'm not settling for less than what I deserve. You know, we're all grown now. The people that, well, hopefully, (laughs) the people that I am sleeping with or want to sleep with, we're grown. We can have these conversations. And there's no excuse to not be having good sex. There's so many ways to, like, understand and, you know, get to the bottom of what the issues might be. And things like this and podcasts like this, I hope, really help. So I hope this podcast episode was interesting and you learned a little something and you go away and share it with your friends, talk about it at your girls' dinner or whatever dinner at the weekend. Um, And you guys can take the quiz together and discuss it. And if you know anyone that might be, you know, having a little bit of intimacy issues in terms of sexual compatibility with their partner, Hopefully this helps them and they can take the quiz. Like I said, both the links are down below. And I definitely want to do more episodes on things like this. And this gives me so much inspo in terms of like finding a guest um, going forward. So we can actually like get a professional's perspective on this kind of thing as well. So I really hope you guys enjoyed. Uh, Make sure you're following the Rated R podcast on Instagram. That is always linked down below, but it is at Rated R because for future episodes, I do ask you guys to get involved if required. So it's always going to be on there. Make sure you're following me at Rachel Leary on Instagram and I will see you next Monday. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm, HelloFresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. <laughs> 